Northern Seminary and the Center for Theological Integrity. This is the pastor's table. Today's church leaders are weary and burnt out from trying to lead in the machine of corporate leadership systems. The pastor's table brings you conversations with local pastors working out deep theological convictions in their churches. Here are your hosts, Rev. Tara Beth Leach and Dr. Mark Quanstrom. Welcome to the pastor's table. I'm Tara Beth Leach. And I'm Mark Quanstrom, and this is part two of a conversation with Mike Birchfield, who's pastors his church as lead pastor for 34 years. 36. 36 years, been at his church for 38. And um, he shared with us that um, over those 36 years of lead pastor, the church has had its growth and then declension and then growth and um, uh, took the church when it had about 400 folk. And because of the number of pastoral changes in the short amount of time, uh, it fell to 170 and he stayed and it grew to about 800 and then it fell off because of decisions that he made that were not conducive to growth, but were important for the life of the community. And one of those things that Mike shared to, uh, in the previous podcast was his decision to go from three services to two because the people in the first service did not know the people in the third service. Is that that's Am I remembering that correctly? That, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So that is not conducive to growth. Um, you're supposed to have, you're supposed to, supposed to multiply services. Um, but the reason that was important for me is this last uh, summer, uh, College Church decided to return to one service instead of two mm. um, for the same reason. Um, we were finding it difficult to uh, nurture the life of the community of the church. Um, by virtue of having two, and we did everything in our power to facilitate community between the services and in other kind of venues. Um, but uh, we felt that doing two services wasn't really reflective of who College Church was. And so against all of the church growth experts, and it did, it was a it was a decision I came to the table with late when I presented it to the board and to the staff, the possibility of returning to one service for the sake of the community of College Church. There was not one dissenting voice. Mm -hmm. It was like I was the last one who to the table to realize the need wow. for it. And we and and we have been having it's been and we just decided if we have to have people in the foyer, watching it on the screens. We want everybody together in one service, doing one thing as one people. Um, and I think the Lord has been blessing us as a mm -hmm. consequence. Mm -hmm. um, but you, for you to say that you intentionally did something that was counterproductive to growth was helpful for me today. I just want mm. to thank you for sharing that part of the story. Mm. Um, it's not a little confirming of a uh, decision. And I wish I wish that the decisions we made were obvious and easy all the time. But right. it seems to me that most of the decisions we make as pastors, you can second guess mm -hmm. an infinite number of times. Right. So um, I didn't know that pastors could make decisions that might be counterproductive to numerical growth. Right. But evidently we can. Yeah. So um, at a cost sometimes. Well, it 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 was at a cost to maybe 
ego or perception mm-hmm. or um right uh but uh thank you i just want to say thank you for that mike uh but we ended the last session mm-hmm. with terabeth kind of prompting the conversation for this one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so 36 years yeah. 38 years so so ahead. 36 years at 26 years you resigned and which is a wonderful i mean you you had a good run uh you could have you could have resigned you could have retired into that you know fourth right. quarter uh as they say into that fourth quarter of life and ministry uh vocation and but they didn't let you and you also you realized it was time to walk it back so tell us about this this next decade yeah i mean the nature of pastoral ministry is what it is so that doesn't change. And so um, the 10 years Terabeth was referring to in regards to that was the same. Um, you're dealing with shepherding issues and crises and things like that where families are at their worst or individuals are dealing with brokenness in their lives, um, their deaths in the congregation. So all of that, continued as well as preaching and teaching. The thing that changed was I wasn't carrying as much of the load hmm. preaching and teaching as I had before. Okay. Um, we have some young men that I had nurtured. Uh, we had a staff of uh, older and younger men and women and so the elders just made it a point to rearrange some of my responsibilities so that I wasn't carrying as much of a load as I had. They didn't want me to burn out and to fry myself in the way that I had, mm-hmm. which resulted in me resigning. And so that was a very big help for sure. Um, now, as far as the fluctuation in the life of the church, um, we never reached a point where we were on this uphill climb of growth. Mm-hmm. We were in two services still. We were losing people because people were moving out of the area. Other people moved in. Uh, sometimes people change churches because there's a new church down the street that's the newest and hottest thing in town. Um, and we just kept steady on doing what we did and being who we were. Our values were worship, community, and mission. And we taught through the word and tried to disciple people and wanted to carry out the mission of Christ in the community. Um, but if another church arose that was more innovative or they had a pastor that was more innovative or whatever, people would move, um, but there was a lot that was done that just alleviated a lot of pressure on me, for mm-hmm. sure. And that was very, very helpful. Um, so. So what's the benefit of staying? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of benefit of staying, actually. Yeah. But... I don't think that 
pastors can see it until they've stayed and then they're able to look back. Right. Wow. So I'll give you some benefits, starting with our own family. Um, so the Lord blessed my wife and I with two sons. Um, we had more pregnancies than that. We lost a lot of children through miscarriage, but he blessed us with two sons. Both of our sons grew up in the church. Both of our sons grew up with a sense of rootedness. And then our second son is now on staff with us. He just started his sabbatical. Um, so for us, we had the benefit of being able to say that our boys were able to put down roots right. and had a sense of place, if you will. Eugene right. Peterson in one of his books talks about the importance of having a sense of place in ministry. Mm -hmm. Both mm -hmm. of our sons had that. Right. Um, I can look back and see multiple generations of Christians now huh. in our church. And so we had a member meeting recently and there was a great grandmother and a grandmother and grandfather and children. And then grandchildren. Hmm. And then one of the grandchildren is pregnant with the next generation. And so you've got, what was that? Five generations hmm. of one family. Um, there were people that I baptized or someone else baptized when they were young who now have their own children. They're right. married and have their own children in the church. And we're seeing those children come to know Christ. Um, seeing the long-term effects of discipleship in people's lives mm -hmm. that you might not see if you don't stay long. So just one example. Um, probably 20 plus years ago now, there was a young man in our area that had a tragic accident, broke his neck. He was declared dead on the scene. He was taken to the regional hospital in our area. He'd survived, but he was a quadriplegic after he survived. But that put me in contact with some of his cousins. Um, one of his cousins, after he and I talked about Christ at the bedside of this injured man eventually came to know Jesus. His then fiance came to know Jesus and several friends of theirs came to know Jesus. We saw this fellow and his wife grow up into Christ, go to Cambodia, serve in Cambodia for 15 years. Now they're back in the States. He's on staff with us. Um, they adopted a number of Cambodian children. Some of them came to know Christ. Um, and so being able to see those types of things happen yeah. because you stay, that's one of the benefits as well. Yeah. And then the Lord, I think the Lord establishes credibility in the community, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so... I have relationships with people at various levels of city government. I'm a chaplain for our local police department, and that opens up opportunities for service as well. And if I had left in 2013, 
those opportunities would not have come my way. The Lord would have given them to someone else. Mm-hmm. But being that I stayed, I was able to, and still am able to participate in those things. And then mentoring others. That's a, that's a benefit of having stayed for a long time. Changing culture, church culture, trying to move people along. Hmm. Yeah. That's another thing. I mean, yeah. it sounds like to me the common denominator is relationship, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's been an opportunity for you to practice, in a way, fidelity uh, mm-hmm. with the people of God, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is a lost mm-hmm. practice in the church in America. Uh, Christians, and we see it in our, our local congregations, yeah. right? The way that. People are just so quick to jump. Um, and so uh, what what that tells us is uh, what we know is that for many of the Christians that we are pastoring, consumption, consumption um, is a greater priority than relationship. And we don't know how to practice fidelity to one another in the Lord, which is such a remarkable wow. scriptural idea. Wow. And you are modeling that for your people. Um, You have practiced fidelity to them. You could have gone so many different times, but it was the relationship with them that kept you. And I am just so moved. I'm seven months into this call at Good Shepherd Church. And I have two boys, 11 and 13 years old. and, And this is our second, you know, time back at this church i was on staff at this church for many years Hmm. and and i i mean i just am so inspired and just dreaming for that just kind of long haul of being able to be faithful to a people right not faithful to a job Hmm. but to a people So this is so this is this has gone a direction I didn't anticipate. But but if God is faithful, right? If God right. is faithful, and then and now I want to tie it into the two hundred folk that left your church because they couldn't endure another pastoral change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That was okay. That was a reasonable response to a lack of faithfulness on the part of the pastors for whatever reason Mm -hmm. that preceded you. Mm -hmm. Is that Mm -hmm. fair? So so they were longing to see fidelity. Mm -hmm. They were longing to see faithful, Mm -hmm. right? So that that may have been more formative than you realize to hear those folk lament the lack of a faithful pastor and perhaps Mm -hmm. the willingness to leave a church for the next best church right is our people reflecting our mirroring are they mirroring our own our actions? leadership i mean i'm just thinking out loud yeah. here because how many how many pastors take the next job because it's a bigger church bigger. it's a better building bigger budget we're are we just discipling our people to mirror us by our lack of faithfulness mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um so so what if the task of the pastor in a culture that does not 
see faithfulness right. anywhere. Right. What if the call is fidelity mm-hmm. to a people mm-hmm. for the sake of revealing the God who is faithful? Yeah. Mm. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're the one prompting this. Right. But so go ahead. Yeah, I would I would I would make some clarifications. So all of the okay, all of the folks that departed when I became the lead pastor didn't necessarily depart because they couldn't take any more pastoral right. transition. Some of them surely did. Right. Some of them departed because the menu changed. Sure. What I mean is, my predecessor was a very charismatic personality, um, using charismatic in the sense of a people person, a people magnet. And I'm more introverted, and I'm not like him at all. That's one of the reasons he and I got along so well, because we complemented each other. And so some of the folks that had joined the church when he came joined because they connected with his personality. When you remove that personality from the equation, right. then they didn't stay. Um, and so those were some of the realities. Uh, I think some of the other reality was to keep in mind when I became the lead pastor, um, you're talking about a guy who had said to himself, I will never do this. Right. <laughs> and I did not have pastoral experience. And so maybe some people decided to move on because of my own immaturity. Sure and my own lack of knowledge or maybe an ability to connect with them the way they needed to be connected right. to. That was early on. But I do think that what you were saying, Mark, is also true, that when a pastor is able to stay, and all pastors aren't able to stay. Correct. That has, yes, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. That, that, ha- that really has to be said. Yep. Um, as I said to Tara Beth, I'll say again, as I heard your story, honestly, I'm listening to your story, and it just made me cry mm-hmm. that a church could treat someone in the way that you were treated. And so you stayed as long as you could, but you weren't able to stay. All pastors aren't able to stay. Right. And some people make that decision on their own, and some people get run out of the church. Right. They get released by the board, by the council. Right. But if you're able to stay, as you do stay, and as people see you stay, I do think that it meets a need in the hearts of believers that perhaps they don't even realize they have. Right. And that's to see stability go through thick and thin, ups and downs, hardship, good times, bad times, like a marriage. Yeah, Isn't it, it really is. Yeah. It really is. You, you take your church for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. No, and... we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. We take the church for better. For richer. For richer. For more. For healthy. For health. That's but, right. But, oh, that that's not a part of the covenant, is it? The for poorer, for worse, yeah, in sickness—that's not is. part of the covenant, is it? I think it is. I mean, I especially it, when there's a better church out there to go to. Right, right. But 
But as he reflected on our last episode, at least the church that we are pastoring, we know the problems. At least the problems there. At least we know what the problems are, right? That's right. And I think you know, I think there's wisdom in this. You know, it's it's what's the wisdom of the Lord and knowing when Correct. to stay or when to yeah. go. Yeah. And you know, it's it's wisdom and knowing your own capacity. I think it was wisdom and knowing my capacity. Correct. Um, and mm-hmm. what I could sustain. And right. Um, and now you know, here I am in a church that, my goodness. It is a joy to be serving a healthy church and a thriving church. It and takes I, a church yeah. to stay. It takes a church to stay. It takes stay. the church to be mm-hmm. to to share that vision right, right. and to be willing to hear the same preacher That's preach. Right. That's right. That's right. 10, 20, 30 years. Right. 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 Yeah. It takes a church. So, and there are some churches that are not willing right. to be conversely faithful to their pastor. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. But yeah. you also said something else that I want to come back to very quickly. So you you were there what, 23 years, uh, wait, 23 years, and then you resigned, and then you were back 10 years, something like that, right? To 20, whatever. You were there until 2013. And then you said, so Terabeth asked, you know, what what's different the last 10 years? And you said, well, you said some things that it had to do with your workload, but but it's still pastoring. You're still shepherding as you did the 10 years prior to your resignation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so pastoring is pastoring. I mean, that's what you said. Shepherding God's people is shepherding God's people, which means you do the same things year after year after year with different people with the same people calling them to deeper levels of discipleship, calling them to worship. But pastoring is pastoring. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So there's also a fidelity, mm-hmm. not only to a people, but to the vocation of pastoring. Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to do that. Right. You have to be willing to be faithful to the vocation of yeah. pastoring. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. that's right, that's right. Is that fair? Does that make sense? That does make sense. That does make sense. And that surely factors in. So, Mark, you were asking me earlier about articulating call, and we talked about how my call was really to the mission field and things like that. And maybe I became the lead pastor without being specifically called there. Right. Um, Part of what happens is that as you stay and as you minister, at least it, it happened to me, you gain more clarity regarding yeah. how the Lord has formed you, shaped you, and gifted you. Wow. Right. And so as you gain more clarity, um, there's more confirmation. Right. And you come to the place where you realize that the reason that the Lord providentially planted you where he planted you is because this is what he made you to do. Yeah. In his kingdom, in his flock. Perfect. And so then departing becomes unfaithfulness to him. Wow. It's not in in other words, it's it's not an issue of place per se at that point. I could leave the church now and serve in another capacity. And there are some things happening where I'm actually doing that by mutual agreement of the leadership team. But it's who he has molded you to be as a pastor, as a shepherd elder that you take with you where you go. Mm. Perfect. Right. 
this was really, really, really helpful. Yes, it Mike. was. Thank you for agreeing to be a guest on the podcast. Um, one of the takeaways that I'm receiving is the number of, I mean, the, num the number of stories to start with, but the, but the faithfulness of the pastors who are doing the work. Mm -hmm. um, we just, we're just so grateful for the number of pastors who are preaching Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, yep. shepherding their people so faithfully. Modeling and practicing fidelity. Among mm -hmm. their people who will never be known outside of their local community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you for yeah. this vision of what it means to be a pastor, yeah. Mike. Mm -hmm. And thanks for modeling for us the permission to be a tender pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I think, like you said, there's a lot of pastors out there that have those larger than life personalities, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you're modeling for us as you as you described your way of pastoring introverted, I think just a tender pastor. And we need more more of those examples out there. So thanks thanks for inviting us into that space with you. Mm. And for well, those thank... of you who are listening, uh, we'll say it again. Uh, we believe in what you're doing. We believe in the call that God has placed in your heart. We believe the call is saving all of us. It's part of God's salvation for us. And as Mike said, it is allowing us to be who the Lord has created us to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you for inviting me. Mm -hmm. It was a privilege to be with you. Um, as I told Mark, when he and I were talking on the phone, I've never been a guest on a podcast in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the first for me, but it's, it's been a joy just to speak with both of you mm. and mm. to fellowship in the Lord. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a joy. And I think our listeners will be blessed that they felt like they were sitting and having coffee with, with three other pastors uh, reflecting mm -hmm. together. And so, so thanks. Thanks friends for listening. Thanks for joining our time together. And I was nourished. My imagination was strengthened and I pray it was for you as well. And so May the Lord bless you and sustain you for another day, another moment, and this gift of the call. Until next time.